And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hello, welcome back to Full Time with Meg Linehan. I'm Meg. You might not remember me, but you are listening to a show all about women's soccer on the Athletic Podcast Network. It has honestly been a while. We've been using soccer every day to free up a little bit of time for me as it has been a little bit of a madness over here, though. You know what? That's every every single week. So but full disclosure, you know what? The schedule is not about to get any easier. I'm heading to the upcoming U.S. Women's National Team friendlies in Denver and Salt Lake City. And then Steph and I are both on the road to Monterey for qualifiers and then London for the tail end of Euro. So I'm sure we'll have stuff on the show relatively soon to break all of these things that we're going to go to down. She's also in Kansas City right at the moment. More on that. But today... I'm back because I got a chance to meet up with Andrea Brimmer, who is Chief Marketing Officer at Ally. And if you have watched an NWSL broadcast, you know the name Ally. They have been a very key sponsor, not just for the NWSL as a league, but for the NWSL Players Association as well. They also just announced a pledge to spend 50-50 in media ad sales between men's and women's sports over the next five years. Plus, they've got a new campaign launching for Title IX Anniversary 2. So basically, there is a lot happening at Ally. And personally, I think they're one of the brands shaping women's soccer and women's sports right now. So checking in with Andrea seemed like the perfect thing to do. But before we get to the rest of today's episode, as always, you can show your support of full time, plus get all of our women's soccer coverage and everything else The Athletic has to offer on our site and app. You can subscribe right now at theathletic.com slash full time. All right, news. Let's... uh, I'm not even going to attempt to sum up everything that's happened since we've had like a real episode. But first of all, again, Kansas City Current recently opened up their brand new state of the art training facility. Steph made the trip down to check it out. She's going to have a couple stories from Kansas City. So keep an eye out for those. Expansion is still a major theme in the NWSL. And this week, the four players at the heart of a bid for the Bay Area went public with their approach to expansion with Brandy Chastain, Leslie Osborne, Danielle Slayton, and Allie Wagner involved in trying to bring pro women's soccer back to Northern California. What a concept, right? I spoke to Leslie and Danielle about what they've learned and where they're at. That link is in the show notes. We've also hit the international break, of course, so let's take stock of where we're at in the NWSL. Alex Morgan leads the Golden Boot Race at 11 goals. Sophia Smith is right behind her at 8. If you didn't see Sophia Smith's tweet about that race ongoing, make sure you go take a look at it. It's very, very funny. Mal Pugh has 6. Michelle Prince has 5. And then Rachel Daly, Kristen Hamilton, Ashley Hatch, and Christine Sinclair all have 4 goals each. San Diego Wave FC remains at the top of the table. At this international break, though, Portland, Chicago, and Houston are hot on their heels and within a handful of points. Now, speaking of Houston, they have named an interim head coach for the rest of the season with Juan Carlos Amoros arriving at the end of the month after coaching in both Spain and England. Sarah Loudon will stay with the team as first assistant coach. 
for the U.S. Women's National Team friendlies coming up. They're both against Colombia. First up, Denver, technically Commerce City, on Saturday, June 25th, 7.30 p.m. Eastern. That game will be on FS1. And then we're all hopping over to Utah for a visit to Rio Tinto Stadium in Sandy with the second match on Tuesday, June 28th at 10 p.m. Eastern with the match on ESPN. Okay, so today is launch day for the Watch the Game, Change the Game campaign with Ally, but there is a whole lot more happening at this company these days. I went to Ally's New York City office to meet up with Andrea Bremer for the first time in person, honestly, and I really wanted to pick her brain on what makes a good partner, a good sponsor. I promise we did try to minimize the Ally pun. I don't think we got there 100%, so I apologize in advance, but here's our conversation. All right, so let's let's really just start with the why of the NWSL, right? I know that I know that you've talked to Steph Young about this for an article. We'll we'll have that in the show notes, but just in terms of what the original appeal of the NWSL was for Ally, I mean, obviously we can we can talk about the overall soccer approach, but sure. I, I do like asking sponsors why the NWSL. You know, I think. Well, first of all, it's a bit of a personal passion point for me, right? I played college soccer. I played soccer my whole entire life. I played D1 at Michigan State. Got to get a plug out there for my Spartans. <laughs> <laughs> and I and I was on the original uh, varsity team as a freshman, um, which was pretty cool. And so I've always had a deep personal love of soccer. And I think that NWSL for us um, made so much sense because it was a young league. It's diverse. It's it's growing, and I think NWSL women's soccer's had lots of fits and starts in this country. NWSL looked to really be the league that had the, a real opportunity to make it, right. and we wanted to be a part of that. And really, you know, kind of got in early. Um, originally, we had thought maybe we just do a kit sponsorship of a team, and then when we realized no, we could get a league sponsorship be on the sleeve of, of every team and really make a difference in this league, that became very attractive to us. And um, that's really why we jumped in. I mean, there's there's a lot of parts to where you have ended up now yeah. with the NWSL. I mean, I remember being at the championship in Louisville and seeing, you know, Ally everywhere, right? Um, flying in family and friends for the players, right? There's there's so many pieces to this, but in terms of, I guess, where you have built through this relationship, um, where you maybe see it going mm-hmm. over the next, you know, length of the term, really, is there something that you still think you can really achieve with the NWSL in terms of the sponsorship driving the league forward? Absolutely, and that's been our objective since day one. I think part of it was we looked at it as a blank slate. Because the league was so was so young, we felt like we could make a significant difference, both in terms of the things that we could do to support the players, but also enhancing the fan experience, the stuff that you've talked about, mm-hmm. you know, around the championship game, etc. Um, but I think that beyond that, we feel like we have a responsibility um, to be a part of the growth of the league and also a responsibility to be a part of helping the players get equity and get paid for what they do. You look at, as an ex-player, I look at the skill level of these players and it's world-class. It's staggering. And 
the you know the world needs to know that and see that and we think we have a huge opportunity through bringing media bringing more sponsors investing in the league um, both through dollars and effort and really shining a spotlight on the quality of the game and we're you know in our minds we're just getting started yeah I mean there's another part of this too in that the partnership with the Players Association I know that you know we've we've spoken about it a little bit. I think it's also pretty common knowledge of okay, NWSL 2021 is an experience we all live through, <laughs> right? Um, but I think in terms of, I, I mean, I even remember the conversations I was having with players of as the reporting process for for my reporting was happening, this kind of concern of if we do this. Are we blowing everything up, right? right? Uh, is everything going to kind of crumble out from below us? And that was a, a lot of conversations I had of, okay, well, first of all, I think that there is a real chance for the players to really own the narrative that's going to come out of this, which mm-hmm. I think that they did very well. The Players Association was really, I think, a, a major part of kind of getting through that moment. Um, but one of the, the really interesting things was seeing some of these partners for the league really double down on support. And I think Ally was one of the biggest parts of that. Yeah. And not just doubling down with the league, but also partnering with the PA. And I was hoping that you could speak to that decision. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I, it's one of those moments you'll never forget. I was I was driving to Chicago for a girls weekend, and which I desperately needed. And uh, my phone just started blowing up because Alex Morgan's um, tweet had just gone out. And it, you know, and so um, everybody was calling me, including my boss. And <laughs> I pulled over and and read the tweet and started reading through all the coverage. And I, the, the first person I actually called was was Allie Wagner, and I just said, "Hey, you know, what in the hell is going on?" And we talked through it, and I called Foudy, and we talked through it. And and I remember hanging up, just driving, and thinking, "Ah, these these poor women are." probably scared to death right now that every sponsor is going to bail on them you know it hadn't occurred to me immediately but pretty shortly thereafter and so i i didn't know megan burke but i got her contact information and i reached out to her and i just said you know you don't know me we're a league sponsor i want you to deliver a message to the players for us and that message is we're not blinking and when you have some time let's talk Mm -hmm. and you know, when you talk to her, she tells the story. She said she got that note, and she said she got tears in her eyes. She felt such a sense of relief. And we met subsequent to that, and I just said to her, look, what can we do to help? I know, like, we don't want to dictate what we want to do. Right. We want you guys to tell us, what do you need? And they came back and said, we need, we need support staff. Could you fund that? And we made a $250,000 um, payment to the Players Association so that Megan could hire a staff right? and they could start to get this <laughs> thing going, right? So that to me is like doing the work. It wasn't go put our logo on this or go put our logo on that or we want to be on your website. It was what can we do? And I think that for us that's a big key is we, we really try and just shut up and listen <laughs> and then act once we hear what's needed. Yeah, I want to get into this idea with you of doing the work, right? Because I think what has been really interesting is that even as the league has grown, I think about also previous leagues and and the relationships that they've had with 
league sponsors, but also even some of the teams, right? That there is kind of the sense of sometimes you have sponsors coming in who are like, oh, yes, the women's team. We get to check our little box. <laughs> right. Cool. Thank you. And we will never see you again. Right. Thank you. Um, but we get to say it, that we've sponsored women's sports. And then what I think is really interesting from even a fan point of view of this sense that now it's not just showing up that is going to count. It's who's sticking around, who's doing that work. Are you going to be there for a long-term play? Are you doing things that are actively helpful, not just for the league, but mm -hmm. for the players, right? Um, I think that's why there, there have been pushbacks on some of the partnerships announced, just because it's like, okay, you, you, right. sure, you're doing this, but like, are you gonna be here in the long run? And you know, I think of Ally, I think also of Budweiser too, in that kind of right at 2019 coming in and kind of stepping up and challenging people to yeah. watch the league, right? Like we have started seeing this kind of really interesting relationship between the NWSL, the NWSL like the bigger ecosystem and a couple of brands who are really just kind of saying, we're here, mm -hmm. <laughs> we're not going anywhere, we will be doing the work right next to you. And it really seems like that is, from an ally standpoint, a huge, a huge part of this kind of across the board. Yeah, it's our strategy really with any sport that we um, sponsor. Um, you know, we are a NASCAR sponsor and, you know, as I was sharing with you earlier, we we did something really different over the weekend at the Sonoma race. We ran, we were the first sponsor in NASCAR to ever run a pride car. And, you know, that's a really, um, not the friendliest environment to do something <laughs> like that. And I was overwhelmingly proud of the response to it actually by the NASCAR fans. And I think it just shows our attitude, which is deeds, not words. I have never been a believer and my team have, we've just never been believers and just come in, slap your logo on something and go away. If we can't leave what we sponsor better than what we found mm -hmm. it, we don't want to do it. And I think that's what we loved about NWSL is it was such unmolded clay still when we got in it was early on and we did really demonstrative things like expansion of the playoffs i don't think a lot of people realize <laughs> right. that we funded that yeah. right right and that's doing the work because what was what we found out through our exploration was there's only four playoff games but if we could go to six more players could get a bonus, mm -hmm. more fans can see games, right. more teams can get revenue, right. more broadcast. And we had established early on this player impact fund with the league as part of our sponsorship. Right. So we didn't want all of our sponsorship dollars to just go to sponsorship. We wanted a portion of it to help the players. And so in year one, you know, that was a suggestion that the league made to us, which was expand the playoffs. And we said, all right, let's do it. Um, and so a lot of that are the things that we're doing behind the scenes to just make the league bigger and stronger and better. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? 
Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Right. And sometimes I think, you know, ultimately the money is what's going to force a lot of these decisions. And I think, you know, there is this kind of awareness of of where the end of is at from like an infrastructure point of view. Right. Right. But I think people do forget that it's not, you know, the NWSL is not in some office here in New York City. Right. <laughs> like, it's not the MLS front office, right? Right. It's not two whole floors of a building. It's still, like... 40-some people yeah, trying right. to get it done. Right. <laughs> right. And so I think having suddenly this influx of resources has been really interesting to watch just from, like, what what is going to get built, what is going to change, and... You know, I think about every time I watch an NWSL broadcast, right? Ally is on the broadcast. I mean, I remember the the night of the infamous uh, bull riding, <laughs> <laughs> right? And yeah. all the players being like, what is happening? And right. I just, like, I remember tweeting, like, I'm sure league sponsor Ally is thrilled about <laughs> bull riding, running over and everyone not knowing what to do. But, you know, there is kind of the sense of there's a public-facing part and then uh, all the stuff that's happening behind the scenes. Right. And sometimes you get to see it, and sometimes you get to see the end result, but not necessarily know kind of how we got there. Yeah, even the even buying the media package on CBS for all the playoffs, we didn't have to do that, but we wanted to do that mm-hmm. um, so that um, you know we had an opportunity to elevate viewership of those games, and you know we've worked a lot on pushing for more prime coverage of right. NWSL games and we can we can talk about that in a second um, and so exactly to your point we've been trying to figure out it behooves us like this isn't a charity it's good business I'm not gonna sit here and lie to you and say there's we're, that this is all altruism it yeah. makes better sense for us from a business perspective we've got an investment in the league to see the league thrive mm-hmm. and to survive and to the extent that we can use our brand wherewithal or power in the marketplace at large to help the league thrive, it's better for all of us. Right. And and that's what we're trying to do. Um, and I think there's a ton of ways that we can do that. And we're just we're just getting started right now. Yeah. Which is kind of I, I want to talk to you about the bigger the bigger play here too, right? Yeah. We are in June. We're only really a handful of days away from the anniversary of Title IX, mm-hmm. right? And I think what is really interesting for me is, as as a media person, I almost tend to resist publishing things around big anniversaries or, you know, like, I hate writing Pride Month content, right? Like, <laughs> I'm just like, no, I'm here. I'm here 11 other months, right. too. Like, you can, I'll do this any other month. Not June, thank you. <laughs> right? But for Title IX, I'm just kind of like, what's the best way for me to interact with an anniversary like this, for me, it's just doing the work I'm already doing, right? right? And so I think there is kind of an instinct for a lot of people of, okay, we've got to do a big thing. And then sometimes that's where it stops. Mm-hmm. We do a nice anniversary panel. Right. Check. Yep. Done. Right. And I think what is really interesting here is having been at the ESPNW Summit, so knowing what the announcement is, right, of a 50-50 spend between men's and women's sports over the next five years, yes big splash nice great like we're gonna honor this anniversary but also like there is a promise right absolutely and so the idea really 
um, was born out of the notion that this is the anniversary of Title IX, but it was kind of a continuation of NWSL 2021, to <laughs> yeah. be honest with you, right. which was, we don't want to just stop with the stuff we did last year. How do we continue to demonstrate that we are going to do everything that we can to ensure women's sports gets fair and equal mm -hmm coverage right and so we all know the stat you can debate it is it four percent is it five percent is it six percent it's less than ten percent yeah we can say that? it's a single digit <laughs> it's a single, single digit. digit you can count it on probably <laughs> you know one hand most likely right and of media coverage for women's sports and that's ridiculous and um and we made this pledge that over the course of the next five years we will reach parity in terms of our spend between men's and women's sports. And um, the idea behind it, you know, in some ways the five years was put in there on purpose mm -hmm. to, to challenge the networks to say, if you give us more things to buy in women's sports, we'll buy them. Right. You know, I still say putting the women's game on, the championship game at 9 o'clock on a Saturday morning, just ridiculous right? right people can't see meg's face right now but i can and it's the same as mine <laughs> which it is, is a look of utter disgust it is that was one of my my favorite i, I love having to cover those things and it, just be like we all know it's very stupid it should be on at eight o'clock at night prime yeah. coverage or seven o'clock at night or right. just let the world watch the game it was incredible yeah. and so that's what this promise is about and and then backing the promise, um, it, it's inviting other brands to join us. It's inviting the networks to find why, ways to, to really give women sports coverage mm -hmm. and to say, all right, in this instance, we will be the one that blinks. We'll come off the sidelines with our dollars and we'll buy more women's sports if you give it to us. Um, and then there's an entire initiative that's right behind it called Watch the Game, Change the Game. We're launching a spot here um, at the end of the month um, on the uh, on, on this whole notion of um, just come and watch women's sports and we bet you'll like it we right. bet you'll enjoy it right and it's a bit of a challenge to everybody and then a full initiative behind that to really get brands to come in and join us to get networks to get media influencers to get sports players etc to all get behind this idea of getting that number from single digits right. to where they should be. Right. I think what's really interesting just from a, as someone who is in the media space, right, of there has been this this push for more coverage, right? When I started at The Athletic, I was the only full-time women soccer writer in the country. That's crazy. Yeah. The, the, the job didn't exist, right? right? Before, you know, there were soccer writers there were people doing it. I was one of those people who used to pay out of pocket to cover women's soccer and then, you know, managed to stumble my way into a career. Wow. Um, yeah, I mean, probably spent thousands of dollars for travel and, you know, all sorts of stuff. Right. So the, the pathway, we're finally starting to build those pathways, right? We're finally starting to like, I think meaningfully talk about the infrastructure of women's sports coverage and, and how we do that both from, a women's sports only perspective. For me at The Athletic, it's really important that the women's sports coverage lives directly alongside the men's sports coverage. Right. It's not segregated out. Like my coverage on the soccer vertical 
it lives right next to MLS. It lives right next to the men's national team. It's the exact same thing, right? right. Sports is sports is sports. Exactly. And that's the idea, you know, the, the spot that we're about to launch, there's a line at the beginning of it. It says, do you watch sports? Right. It doesn't say, do you watch women's sports or men's sports? It was purposeful. Mm-hmm. Do you watch sports? And the idea of this is this is not a man versus women thing. This is a men and women thing. And this is just about good quality programming, right? You know, I just keep going back to the championship game. I, I One of the things that kept going through my mind as I sat there, kind of cold. Um, <laughs> it was, it was, it was remarkably chilly. cold. None of us were really expecting it, even no. though I think we all looked at the weather forecast and we were like, that can't be right. No, at nine o'clock yeah. on that Saturday morning. <laughs> um, and, and just watching their footwork, watching the passing, watching right. the way they opened up I mean, lanes. watching Trinity Rodman, right? Staggering. Like, yeah. yeah. Next level. And I remember thinking... Anybody that loves sports would appreciate this. And my husband was with me, and he is a football coach, Mm -hmm. American football. Right. And um, really had never had any appreciation for soccer. And he, I remember him saying, wow, these women are unbelievable. Right. That's what this is about. It's just opening people's eyes to Mm -hmm. this is just good sports. Right. And this isn't like Pat... Pat the girl on the head and say, oh, good, you played, and go go back and get in the corner. This is about um, anybody that loves sports will love watching women's sports as well. Right. I think, you know, we used to have a joke of when I worked at uh, at the league in the office, it's like if you put a Marta highlight in front of someone and they watch it and they are not immediately like, who is this and where can I get more? Then, right. like, they're broken as a human. <laughs> Right. Like that was always our like our guiding star, essentially, like if you can't put Martha with a ball at her feet Mm -hmm. in front of someone and they watch that and they are not immediately being like, I don't know who this is, but I want to watch the like their brain is not good. I agree. All right. And it's not and even just beyond soccer. You know, we were talking a little bit about some of these handy dandy stats that my team gave me. But even as I read them. You know, they were staggering. Um, I think the one that really stuck out to me was that the women's NCAA basketball championship game was the most watched college bas- basketball game on ESPN since 2008. Right. You know, it just shows you WNBA had its best season, you know, up 48% year over year. NWSL broke viewership records by over 300%. You know, NCAA softball had its largest crowd in history at its World Series this year. Right. Um, it's just you can feel it growing. Yeah. You can feel the momentum. You can feel the reality of it. And I just think brands have a responsibility to be part of keeping it going. I think what's also really exciting, I mean, you brought up the the final for women's basketball. I mean, I was watching that, obviously, but what I think was really cool and different about this year is not only do you have the game and you have all of the normal stuff around the game, but you also have something like Diana Taurasi and Sue Bird getting drunk on national television (laughs) and talking. So we're finally starting to get all of this other stuff that men's sports takes for granted Mm -hmm. in terms of the programming around a major event and making it feel bigger, right? Or having multiple options to watch a game in the way that you would prefer, right? Peyton cast or whatever they call it, right? Like that's already kind of a concept that's taken for granted. And so to see that now being explored on the women's side from an infrastructure point of view, as someone in this world, like that to me is like, oh, we're finally starting to say like, 
we can develop additional resources to get people in Absolutely. to the game. And building these personalities. There's right. so many amazing personalities. Right. I mean, like, you cannot go wrong with Diana Tarazi and Sue Bird drinking. <laughs> right. I, I know someone did a story on, on what they were actually drinking, and it was, like, some terrible seltzer. And I was like, I'm so disappointed in them. But <laughs> I understand that they had to take small sips in order to make it through an entire basketball game. Exactly. So. Exactly. <laughs> But it's just, it's, I think it is really interesting in terms of where we're, you know, I was telling you, like, suddenly we are kind of getting a lot more inbound interest right. in the coverage part of it. Because, you know, we were having this conversation about a cycle, right? And how do you kind of stick a fork into the cycle to right. finally disrupt this whole, like, you know, there's a lot of economic experts on Twitter who really know the ins and outs of the financials of women's sports who like to say no one watches this, they don't deserve money, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so how do you get into that? Well, it's a vicious cycle in that, you know, the, the, the networks don't give women's sports prime coverage because the brands aren't there with the advertising dollars. Mm -hmm. The brands aren't there because they aren't seeing the audience numbers today then you know the the leagues and the team owners don't make the money they need to do because the sponsorship the media sponsorship dollars aren't there and then the players don't get paid what they need to get paid so somebody's got to blink in that equation and i think the only real way that that's going to happen is if brands take a leap of faith and say the audiences will be there we can help grow the audiences we can help grow viewership if we push on the prime coverage and we'll come with advertising dollars to get that that coverage. And that's what our 50-50 challenge is about, which is, look, we can't do this by ourselves. We need Bud and Nike and MasterCard <laughs> right. and Nationwide and, and all of these big brands to come and say, we'll do the same thing. And then all of a sudden, you're talking about multi-millions of dollars mm -hmm. that are available for, you know, uh, pick the network at this time right now, or obviously it's CBS, but to say, okay, we're going to, we're going to have more than a handful of games on prime coverage and put the championship game on at 9am. We're going <laughs> to, we're going to move everything into, you know, why not? Yeah. Um, some of those time slots and, and look at the numbers that MLS are putting up. Look at the deal that they just announced with that. I know. There's no reason that NWSL and other women's sports can't be in the same position. Yeah. I mean, I, I am already looking forward to your influence and kind of meddling in the next NWSL media <laughs> rights deal because I think it does play a real role, though, of if NWSL can kind of come and say, hey, we'd like to, you know, our, our deal's up. Right. We're going to start shopping these rights around. But, hey, we've got this list of sponsors of league partners that is ready to throw down for us. Exactly. That makes a big difference. I was I was in New York a couple of weeks ago, and I had I had um, a drink with Jessica, and I told her the exact thing, which is you know as you guys are starting to get into the next round of negotiations, feel free to have whoever you're talking to reach out, and yeah. we'll talk about the commitment that we're willing to make, um, and I'm willing to do the work to pick up the phone, call you know CMOs at all of those brands, and I'm sure it won't be a hard phone call to say. Because again, it makes good business sense, <laughs> right. right? It's just better for us. Right. Well, and the, you know, you bring up TV numbers, right? Like, but that's been the consistent drumbeat really over the past couple of years is look at the exponential growth of women's sports, right? right? We're not seeing that in men's leagues right at the moment. We are seeing this huge, huge upswing on women's sports. And there is 
to your point, you got in on the ground floor, right? Right. There's a lot of room here still. There is. And so I think it is. I wanna I wanna talk to you though about obviously this is gonna go just beyond NWSL, right? This is a overall pledge. Where do you see you know, obviously WNBA is another major factor, women's basketball, but you brought up softball, right? Mm-hmm. Hockey, tennis, golf, you know, lacrosse, like the lacrosse, yeah. like there is a, a pretty big list. And I've had this conversation with a lot of people over the years of, you know, tennis feels like it's light years ahead, right? right? Soccer's kind of getting there. WNBA is ahead, mm-hmm. I think, uh, as well. Um, and then I, I'm, I'm a women's hockey person, right? So I look at women's hockey and I'm like, Ooh, we gotta catch you up, <laughs> real bad. <laughs> we gotta, we gotta get you moving a little bit more. And um, you know, from from a product standpoint, one of I think the best rival. If we want to talk about, if you want to put a sport in front of people and immediately want them or have them wanting more, USA Canada in women's hockey, I yeah. think, is the ultimate, <laughs> the ultimate rivalry. Right. Um, so I think it is really interesting of, there still is kind of this whole other landscape and women's sports tend to, I think, interact with each other a lot more than men's sports do. There kind of is this collective sense of, mm-hmm. we've got to figure out how to bring other bring people, right. right? And so where do you see your role maybe in that kind of collective, okay, we've got, a, we've got people like in different stages of development and how do you like wrangle all of that at the same time? Yeah, I think it's a couple of things, one, um, you know, right now we sponsor NWSL. Obviously, I'd like to sponsor more women's sports, just from a, either a league or a team perspective. So that's a big piece of it too. And to mm-hmm. your point, extending into other sports, um, you know, whether it's LPGA or whether it's hockey or lacrosse or something that's coming up, I think is all really interesting. Um, I think that we we can we can bridge um, gaps and we've tried to do that. Uh, I think there's something fun in putting what we call unexpected allies together, right? right? Um, and we've done it a lot, especially on the NASCAR side where we've we've done these mashups between, you know, like a NASCAR driver and somebody in another completely different world. So you start to bring those audiences together. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a huge opportunity for us to do that. Right here as well um and it's entertaining content it's it's fun but it brings fans from from one sport into learning about another sport and i think there's a big opportunity for us to bridge that chasm yeah yeah as you've probably heard by now we've teamed up with betmgm this season we'll be using betmgm lines to make all of our picks and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week if you haven't signed up for betmgm yet use bonus code the athletic and you'll get a one-year subscription to the athletic plus up to a fifteen hundred dollar first bet offer on your first wager with betmgm here's how it works Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. 
Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Your unexpected unexpected allies reminds me of one of my all-time favorite ideas, which is Kelly O'Hara, soccer player, and Kelly O'Hara, Broadway star, and finally <laughs> getting them to meet. That has been my long-standing, like, I just really want to see this happen. Because also, Kelly O'Hara, Broadway star, during World Cups, will always be like, good luck to the other Kelly O'Hara. <laughs> We're all thinking of you. You know, it was cool. We I just had a, in May, I had an offsite with my whole entire team. And we brought Kelly in as one of the speakers. And we we just, I really wanted her to talk about what her experience has been and and as a player and mm-hmm. what 2021 was like. And um, just see all the different dimensions of who she is and what she's about and, the, and um, you know, kind of the, the different layers of her personality. And I think it was so mind-opening for the team. And it really makes this light bulb go off to your point of there's just these great personalities that right. exist. And the more that you can shine a spotlight on that, that in and of itself can get people excited about the sport, right? Mm-hmm. Like a Trinity Rodman is a, it's a big story. right? And if you can draw people in just through Trinity's backstory right. and get them to fall in love with her and then that natural gravitation towards the game, those are the personalities that are starting to emerge now that I think can be really powerful for sponsors. Yeah. I mean, well, I think about probably how many people Trinity Rodman has gotten in via TikTok, right? Like, yeah, exactly. As an old, like, I, it's not for me, but for potential new fans, like, that is a real avenue of, and I think we've seen that on the U.S. national team mm-hmm. for a really long time of you, you get your favorite player and then you kind of follow that player right. wherever they may land in the league. But now we're, I think, finally starting to see some of that happen at a league level in a way that maybe we weren't seeing before. Even like the crossover appeal that Ashlyn and Allie have, right? They're just way broader than right. thought of as just soccer players. And you think about all the different brand relationships that they have and the endorsements that they do, it's pretty incredible. And it has this huge crossover appeal where they're becoming household names, right. which is awesome. So I think those are ways we're gonna start to bridge those chasms. And um, again, I think it kind of goes back to the 50-50 pledge, which is <laughs> if you build it, they will come, right? <laughs> right. Put it out there. Right. Once people start seeing it, you can't deny how much fun it is to watch a hockey game between USA and Canada. You cannot. I mean, to be fair, I'm usually like trying not to throw up from stress, but it also is a very good game. I know. It is. <laughs> like the suffering. I so I, I took my wife to she came over to France for the tail end of the 2019 Women's World Cup. She's not really a sports person, right? She went to the final. She texted me at halftime of that game to say, is it always this stressful? And I was like, yes. It is. Oh, and I'm so superstitious. Like, I have to stand in the exact spot. I don't move. Can't go to the bathroom. Can't get anything to drink like we're doing well. It's suffering that we enjoy for no reason that makes sense. But... Yes, it, 
this is normal. Like the stress levels that you are experiencing for the first time in your life, <laughs> normal. Oh, you so. should see me during a Michigan, Michigan State football oh game. It's bad. Yeah. <laughs> I can't even watch it. My son has to text me updates. I'm like, I feel that's, like if that's I, my wife with Serena Williams. Yeah, honestly, I'm like, if like, I turn it on, they're going to start doing bad. Yeah. And so I can't watch it. Just text me anytime we do something good. I don't want to know anything else. <laughs> I love it. The weird things that we do as sports fans will always just, it's the best. just crack me up. All right. I did want to ask you one more just in terms of you know, allies obviously got kind of a, a number of hands in different spots across the soccer landscape in yeah. the country. And just in terms of where the NWSL maybe falls into that overall strategy, but also, you know, are those are those basically like levers that you can pull in unison? Mm-hmm. You know, Charlotte FC, obviously, huge story, big attendance, right? right. Like has really been a, a, a massive MLS story big time you know you brought up the new tv deal for for mls as well but you know i think people kind of sometimes forget like it's not necessarily a competition right everyone in the landscape doing well benefits everyone in the country we've got actually the the world cup announcement happening later tonight right and we could have some nwsl markets that are also hosting world cup games that could benefit but you know, just in terms of overall soccer landscape where maybe the, the NWSL fits into that strategy. Yeah, so we've been in soccer probably, I guess, maybe six years now. You know, we jumped in first with the uh, soccer friendlies through Relevant and ICC games. We picked up the Women's ICC, the Best 11 awards, of which you were a recipient, <laughs> yep. which was exciting. And, um, and, and then we picked up the Charlotte FC um, sponsorship as well as NWSL. And again, um, we really think that building out an uh, ecosystem within soccer is a great strategy for our brand. Demographics align really well. It's young. It's super diverse. Um, as a sport, it's growing. Um, it's a place where we still think we can break through. You look at more established sports like baseball and, and NFL and basketball, and you have long-standing brand relationships. So for a brand to come in right. and kind of punch above its weight there is really hard. Yeah. Whereas in soccer, I think we're already inextricably linked with the game for a lot of people that know soccer they know ally mm-hmm. um and and we also think that there's an opportunity for the success of mls to help nwsl so you know we've had conversations the tepper organization has expressed on multiple occasions um you know a strong desire of like look if you want us to host um games here at the stadium if you want us to do anything with NWSL we'd love to do those kinds of things Um, you know Don Garber and I have talked a lot about the reciprocity between MLS and NWSL and and how the leagues can benefit and help one another I think the soccer friendlies are all part of it because it just again brings a world's audience to American soccer which is awesome Mm -hmm. and um, you know that was a big part of our our desire is what is something that we can get into that aligns demographically really well for us, but where we can still be in early enough that we can build our own brand within it. Right. Is there anything else that you think people should know about? I love I love asking this question because sometimes, you know, I don't always know the right questions to ask, but is there something that you think NWSL fans in particular should know, whether it's about the sponsorship, whether it's about the 50-50 pledge, um, but ally moving forward yeah i mean i just think um 
that it's important for for especially NWSL fans to know that um, you know we're in it for the long haul. Um, that uh, this is this is the league. You know, while it's a young league and it's a growing league, I do think it's got the most potential of any women's soccer league has ever had in this country. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I think for us, just understanding. What do the fans need more of? What value can we help? One of our big strategies is what we call being an ally to the fans. And we try and do that with a lot of our other sponsorships. And I think we're still trying to figure out ways that we can be a better ally to the fans. And so, um, you know, love ideas around that from the fans and just want to see them get more involved with our brand. You know, it's funny in, in NASCAR, those fans are rabid. And um, the interaction that even just personally I have with NASCAR fans and mm. my socials is unreal. And um, I'd love to see just that same level of enthusiasm from the NWSL fans so that we can get closer to the game from a fan perspective right. and do more that's really going to, um, to, to help shine, you know, help shine a, a spotlight on the game more broadly. Thank you again to Andrea for the time. Her Twitter handle will be in the show notes. So if you have some NWSL thoughts for her, you will know where to send them. Now, one more thing. You might have seen my tweets about this, but I have gotten into Drive to Survive. My my coworker, Rachel at The Athletic, I'm sure will be... She already knows about this. She's already She's already been working on me for a while, but I did watch my first full F1 race last weekend. Here I am. I, I have been converted i think i have picked my favorite driver i think i have my team part of that is influenced by my friend jess so here 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 we go uh this is happening all right for all things full-time you can visit fulltimepod.com there are links for all the major podcast platforms in one spot plus more information and if you would like to subscribe to the athletic and support all of our women's soccer coverage you can do that right now at theathletic.com slash full-time. It's going to be a very, very, very busy summer. We're already really just in the beginning of it right now. But again, Kansas City, Denver, Salt Lake City, Monterey, London, we're going to be everywhere pretty much. So it's always one of our best deals at that link, theathletic.com slash full-time. My name is Meg Linehan. Thank you for sticking with us through this little unexpected break but you have been listening to full time with meg linehan you can always find me on twitter and instagram at it's meg linehan and my work at the athletic full time does not exist without the work and support of senior podcast producer michael zimmerman from the athletic i'm meg thanks for listening Mm -hmm.